you there's something about that misery that you like it feels comfortable to you so that's why you're not advancing you got to shake that off if you want to get to the next level I, I you know again 54 years old I've gone through this so I I under, I can look back and see at the you know see the times where I was wallowing in it and I'm so embarrassed now Welcome to Unquestionable with your hosts Charles Perry Phillips and Sophie Green where each week we dive into real and raw conversations with experts, creators, thought leaders and CEOs. With our guests, we'll be exploring some of the unquestionable truths behind psychology, mental health and relationships to gain a deeper understanding of human nature. So let's get into today's episode. Blessed to be dressed, did you say? (laughs) Boy, I hope you're not using video. Um, we well, are. <laughs> we are, but you look oh, okay. You look, well, you look amazing. You do look amazing. How are you? How's how's things in your neck of the woods? Is it sunny? Well, it's sunny. It's super dry. The winds are kicking up, so all of our allergies are off the charts. But we had a really fun Halloween last night. What oh, did yeah. you dress as? I I just um covered my face like a ghoul that was having a self-care day (laughs) we just handed out candy but it was it was pretty lit over here it always is americans take halloween really seriously don't they it's crazy it's crazy it's how how into it we get it's it's moved over here well i went out the weekend and we had lots of people there was a there was a person dressed in a full ghostbusters outfit like the ecto pack whatever it's called there's so much like this person spent hundreds of pounds putting this thing together it was unbelievable and it's you got to wear it all month then if you (laughs) you want much money on it i would be wearing it every day of my life yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's crazy that right into christmas (laughs) yeah i went out last night to the pub and there was one uh small table of people that obviously came together all dressed as the adams family and no one else in the pub dressed up so i think they all turned up and they were like well this is embarrassing (laughs) they put so much effort in and everyone else was just in normal clothes (laughs) oh man that's a a classic british halloween story isn't it it's quite representative of the uk and on halloween i think but i was gonna i wanted to start by asking you about cats because yes. um, I know you're a big cat lover. Um, you know, I love seeing butters appear on my Instagram feed. He'll he'll show up. He'll Good. make his presence known. He'll walk right across the keyboard. <laughs> butters. Does that mean the same thing in America as it does in the UK? <laughs> the word butters. <laughs> I named him that because he is he's a buttery color. Ah, okay. So no, it it doesn't. No. Have we have we told Wendy yet what that means in England? Well, you can explain. Well, in, in England, butters was kind of a, a, word, a trendy word, maybe like, what, 10 years ago or something? It, if it meant someone was really ugly, you'd say, oh, they're butters. Well, like a butter face? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, butter face is not good. Yeah. Okay. I guess oh. that's where it came from, which I found yeah. out after the fact from an American as well, because we don't have that in England, but butterface. Someone told me that in America. I was like, oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. I've never been called that, thankfully. So, um... Of course you haven't. 
But no, I have never heard. Not lie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's very kind of you to lie. Um, uh, I think I've never actually heard that phrase before either. What butters? Yeah, I've never heard it before. Oh, okay, okay. Well, <laughs> maybe it was like it was probably about ten years ago, and oh, okay. it was you know all the cool kids were saying it. <laughs> but I mean, cats obviously a big big thing for you though. You obviously love your cats. Yeah. Like, uh... The cat distribution system of the universe has favored us considerably because all of our cats are rescues and when they show up we can't turn them away no and so then all of a sudden you end up with seven which is what we have right now you got seven Seven. wow wow oh my god and five of them stay in one side of the house and butters and the oldest kitty stay in this side of the house but butters is so mean (laughs) <laughs> that the other five just want nothing to do with him. Wow, so, he's taken over. He's taken over, and he's very. Oh gosh, I'll keep you here till tomorrow talking about him. So you should just. Oh, he's wonderful. I mean, because I'll bore listening. you to hear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, if anyone you know follows you on Instagram, you'll see many videos of Butters. He's 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 very mischievous. Oh yeah, and he loves to be photographed. He knows his angles. This mm-hmm. is not a joke. He knows his angles. And when people show up, he's like the host of the party. Wow. He demands attention. And he loves to be walked around the neighborhood in a, in a pet stroller. He yeah. loves it. Because <laughs> people come up and compliment him. He loves it. I've never had a cat as emotional as this cat. Does he go outside uh, or is he a house cat? He's a house cat. Um, he was an outdoor kitty, but we have too many coyotes in this oh, neighborhood. Yeah. So we, oh. he has a catio where he can go and enjoy the outside without killing any birds or without him being assaulted in some way. So oh, No wonder. No wonder all the local cats have found out about your house with the catio and the pet I stroller. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's fl- the yeah. crystal omelets that they eat out of. I mean, it's, it's very <laughs> luxurious here. Rumors hey, are flying around. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, they're yeah. probably like sending out pamphlets like, if you need somewhere to live, <laughs> this yeah. lady, she loves cats. <laughs> <laughs> She's right on the corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, Wendy, I was going to talk to you a bit about, um, we, we thought we'd dive in deep quickly and talk about rejection. Sure. Because yeah. I was thinking, like, as an actor uh, mm-hmm. and a performer, like, it must be something that you have to deal with on a regular basis. Maybe not so much these days, but obviously, you know, growing up, doing, performing and stuff. And uh, I wondered if your feelings around rejection have evolved over your career. Yeah. Um, I I no longer believe in rejection. Because that that means it's personal. And in this industry, it's not personal. There are so many different um, factors involved that you will go insane if you make it personal. So you have to just figure that it's kind of a numbers game and it's an attrition game. So you just keep showing up to auditions and consider that you've done your job for the day by showing up and doing this. And you performed for the day. You love that, right? That's why you got into this, mm-hmm. hopefully. 
So you've, you've gotten to go and give a little performance for the day and then shake it off and leave and just divorce yourself from the outcome because you cannot affect it. So I finally started getting somewhere in my career when I threw the rejection thing out the window. And so many people love to cling to that. Like, oh, there's just so much rejection and I'm so tired of feeling rejected. And it's like, well, yeah, but I think you love saying that more than you love doing the work. You know, some people just love to bathe in misery because it, it's kind of a uniting factor. But I don't want to be united with people like that. Like, I, this is my, this is my job. This is what I chose to do. This is what I choose to do every day. So if I'm going to go into something and just automatically hone in on the rejection, then I'm insane, right? And I, and, and I love punishment. I don't. So I just think of it as I'm going to land where I'm going to land. And it's all working out for my highest good, right? Yeah. And don't want to be where no one really wants me. I don't want that job. I don't want to have to fight so hard to change everybody's mind that it becomes, you know, a complete mind fuck to, oh, shit, can I swear? Yeah, yeah, please do. Okay. You sure can. <laughs> right, good. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to, like, end up in a job where I'm constantly walking on eggshells and having to prove myself and feeling like, oh, I'm going to get fired any minute. I've been on those jobs. I don't need to do that again. Never again. So I just... Uh, Threw the rejection thing out. I like the word redirection. I know that sounds very woo-woo and, you know, airy-fairy. But again, if I have chosen a career where I have to make excuses for rejection and abuse and all this stuff, why am I doing this? Mm. That makes no sense. That takes all the joy out of it for me. Mm. So, yeah, I don't believe in rejection anymore. I I think that is an that is amazing advice just in general just in life yeah. not even acting I'm just listening to everything that you've just said I really resounded with and I am not an actress and I'm not in that industry but it's it's so true so true yeah. I heard rejection is redirection or protection because sometimes right. you've got to be protected from the things you really really want that aren't very good for you yeah and I mean say you go to a department store, you got a big event, you got to find a dress, you don't find anything in the store. Are you going to walk out of the store and say, all these dresses rejected me? No, <laughs> they just work for you. Mm. Find another way, you know? I or you're going that. through a maze and you hit a wall. Well, I guess I better stay here then. Mm. This wall just rejected me. I can't find my path. No, just turn to the left, turn to the right, turn to the right. You know, yeah it's not there's another way so find it's it. really interesting you're saying about people kind of wallowing in that and like actually mm -hmm. digging into the fact that they have been rejection as i guess i don't know maybe as a way of proving that they i guess in some respects proving their own point that i wasn't good enough or imposter syndrome yeah. or something mm. it's a, like a self-fulfilling yes yeah self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy yeah yeah, yeah. so really at least you can feel good about being right about yeah. that yeah. like that would you want to be <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and i wonder if you know in, in your industry you do meet a lot of people that you know who do do that i mean i think i i do in 
my creative industry. Oh, and mine all the time. Yeah. 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 And then you see, you look at the big picture and you're like, oh, I see why this kind of isn't working out for you because that's the way you planned it. Yeah. Mm, yeah. You planned it to be an uphill battle. And you, there's something about that misery that you like. It feels comfortable to you. So that's why you're not advancing. Mm. You got to shake that off if you want to get to the next level. I, I, you know, again, 54 years old, I've gone through this. So I, I understand, I can look back and see at the, you know, see the times where I was wallowing in it. And I'm so embarrassed now. <laughs> well, I was going to ask, if, have you always have this kind of view on it or did it take? you certain for you know setbacks and what have you to get to this point where you just don't give a shit <laughs> yeah it took um it took quite a few setbacks and it it took just you know a real honest conversation with myself about you know because right I, I started a little later in this whole acting thing I was in my 30s when I really started getting somewhere and um there was a time when I had just gotten into the Groundling Theater. I don't know if you guys know what that is and where you are, but it's a, it's a big comedy improv theater, and it's kind of a big deal. A lot of those people go on to be on Saturday Night Live or things like that. So I had worked really hard. I got into this theater, became a member, but I didn't have an agent. I didn't have anything, and everyone around me was always talking about oh, I just went out on this audition and this audition and I'm sitting here thinking, well, I'm not even getting the chance. This is this is not fair, you know? Mm. How come how come no one will sign me? You know, there was an agent I was chasing for a long time. And then it became, well, you know what? I'm never going to go backwards. I'm never not going to do this. So now that I'm here in this company, I'm just going to keep going. And if I never make any money, that's just going to have to be the way it is. But I'm never going back to that colorless life I was living. And so everything's just going to happen the way it happens, you know? And it was having that conversation with myself and taking the pressure off of any outcome that made doors start opening. Because then I wasn't carrying that burden into the rooms with me. Because people can feel yeah desperation you know oh 100%. so after that it was like ah, oh, okay okay this is how it is or you know i there are parts that i've fought to get and then you get there and it's so terrible that you wish oh please fire me <laughs> <laughs> you know and so that's why i know now don't push mm. for things don't push if it's meant to happen it's gonna ha you know oh what is meant for you will never pass you by. And that's true in all respects. So I love that. Yeah. That's... I say that to Giles all the time, don't I? <laughs> yeah. It sounds like I'm someone who needs some. some no, work no, no. <laughs> no, I don't say it to you. I say it to you. him daily because it's... It's like he's always banging on about this and that not happening. No, it's like I say it to to myself really but through you <laughs> but it's so true and it's it's kind of similar to um you know like if you're in a relationship with someone or you go on a date like if you go on a date with someone and they're super desperate and you can smell the air of desperation you're not going to want to be in a relationship with that person or friends oh. with someone like that do you know what I mean and so and also why would you want to be in a relationship with someone that doesn't want to be with you and doesn't choose you and it's the it's same for work and and yeah, like experiences in life. I think it's such a 
healthy way to go through life for sure yeah yeah just you know relieve yourself of that desperation everyone will thank you mm. <laughs> yeah 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 they really will yeah also i've just spilled half of my cup of tea all over myself <laughs> as well. oh, no. oh no do you need a towel no no okay. i'm good i'm okay, good 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 um <laughs> So yeah, so I was moving on from that. I guess like when you're you're in the room and you're it's going well and everything, and you said like obviously you can feel that you can feel when it's not going well, but when you're in the, when it is going well, how do you deal with that as well? Because I think sometimes we don't think about when it's going well how we deal with how it's going well. I know it sounds like a, it might sound like a strange question, but to sometimes compartmentalize the good times with the bad times. Sometimes not, you know. I've I've talked to performers before who've said, like they've had a like for example co comedians who've said they've had a great gig, but they they don't want to hear that afterwards. Like that it's been great. They 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 can't sort of accept it almost. Have, have That's you... crazy. I know. I know. <laughs> but That's because crazy. it's crazy. Because they, I suppose because they've come out of that raw moment and they just want to kind of digest it maybe. But I don't know what you're like in when you're you know when yeah, things are flowing well. I mean, it's been so long since I've done anything on stage, but mm. I sure remember feeling like that was a high you wanted to chase at all costs, like a drug almost. Like if something kills on stage, oh my God, it is better than money. It's better than chocolate. It's mm. better than sex, dare I say. <laughs> oh my God. It killed whatever it was. Like, oh, this is the best. This will keep me going. I mean, I've had, you know, performances where it's like, well, this will carry me through through the next couple of months. Mm. That was so amazing. But yeah, I do. I do know that there are some people out there, and I don't get this, but there are some people that can't take compliments. Mm -hmm. And good feedback almost makes them feel like they're jinxing the next show. Mm -hmm. Well, you know how I really love my morning coffees. I go down to Backers in the morning. I get my coffee to maintain my energies throughout the day. Well, I do love a coffee in the morning, but sometimes it doesn't quite hit the spot. And too much caffeine, as you know, is not good. So I've discovered these magic mind shots. I've started to incorporate these into my daily routine. Uh, and the best thing is they taste amazing. And more importantly, they help me boost my productivity and my focus. Oh, yeah, I've heard about these. These contain something called nootropics, which is something that I actually recently heard all about uh, when we interviewed our nutritionist. They're supposed to be amazing for attention and co concentration and cognition and really good for your mental health as well. So you end up getting more done and you're more productive in less time. Yeah. And do you know what's great also about these? So unlike heavy caffeine, I can take these magic minds even in the afternoon and I have no worries about getting off to sleep in the evening or tossing and turning. Mm, and have you been noticing any difference in the way you've been feeling in terms of stress and anxiety? Yeah, oh, it's so much better. They've got this thing in it called L-theanine and it naturally reduces your stress levels. Mm, funnily enough, I've heard about L-theanine because I had a friend that used to take it and it was supposed to be really, really good for anxiety and I've never found it anywhere in shops. I'm probably not looking hard enough, but I've 
but I've looked in sort of all the health food shops and I've never been able to find it. So actually, that's really cool that they have that in these shots as well. So if you're like me and you're trying to perform your best every day, you've got to give Magic Mind a try. Seriously, it is a total game changer. I am going to give Magic Mind a try. It sounds amazing. And guess what? The Magic Mind team have hooked us up with an incredible offer for our listeners. Yes, you can get up to one month for free when you're subscribing for three months. If you head over to magicmind.com forward slash Jan, J-A-N, talking, T-A-L-K-I-N-G-O-T-C. And you need to use the code unquestionable 20 it's an extra 20 percent off which gets you to a 75 percent off this only lasts until the end of january so hurry up before it goes away i'm just curious when you sorry when you said that you um you'd get you know a joke would go well and you'd be like oh my god this could carry me through over the next few months how long did it actually last before, you know, the the buzz died off? Because just from my experience in my career, when something really cool happens and I'm like dancing around the house, like this is amazing, within like half a day, it's back to like the hustle or the grind. <laughs> oh sure, yeah, absolutely. Or like, you know, I've never I've never done stand up comedy, but I've done a lot of sketch comedy. So, you know, maybe you'll do a sketch and it kills. And you're like, yes, I'm the greatest, you know. I mean, after intermission, you could have something that tanks and then the whole thing's down the toilet. Mm. But in that moment, you know, you build, I mean, let's say you have a, a, your entire show was great. That will definitely at least carry you to the next one. Mm. There, in my experience. But yeah, again, it is, it's a fickle feeling, Mm. you know. Yeah, totally. Do you get, I mean, I was wondering like what it's like when you're doing, obviously performing live is very different to like being on a film set, for example. Well, no. And do you still get those kind of moments on a set? Because obviously when you're performing in front of an audience, it's a very different kind of environment. But do, can you feel that like palpable, like good stuff when you're on a set? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you work with actors and you're like, you just feel like, um, Oh my God, this is the reason I was born. <laughs> like we are, we are firing on all cylinders. This scene is going great. We're totally in the moment, you know? Um, and, and it feels so amazing. I, I've had that, that feeling a few times. And then sometimes when you see the finished product though, it's like, well, that, that's terrible. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't be responsible for that. Like no. you can only be responsible for your part. You know, there's editors, there's directors, there's producers that all stick their spoons in the pot. So you can't be responsible for the end result. But yeah, there, you can absolutely feel it when you're when you're filming with someone. I suppose they say, don't they? Like um, acting is about reacting. Yeah, like it's like. And I suppose in that instance, you're saying like, you know, when you're with someone and they're particularly performing, like I'm lifting you, I guess, lifting your performance as well. Yeah, exactly. And that's a good point about acting being reacting. And that's how you can tell the the seasoned people from the the newbies a little bit is that newbies sometimes are just so worried about being word perfect on their lines when really it's 
the electricity between you and your scene partner. Are you genuinely listening? Mm. Are you giving a real human response or are you just waiting for your turn to speak? Yeah. That's bad. You don't want that. You don't want to be caught doing that. Yeah. Again, great advice for just general life as well. Yeah. So all applicable to real life, I think. Right? <laughs> We're talking about. Well, yeah. I mean, like, active, well, well, that's something we, you know, we think that some, sometimes we think we're good listeners, but we're not actively listening. We're just sort of taking in the information, but not actually processing. Just waiting to say what you want to say. Yeah, yeah. Waiting exactly. your turn, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so true. It would happen. Yeah. You have to catch yourself doing that for sure. Well, How, I was going to say to you, are you like, do you like being busy? Are you, are you, would you say you're like a bit of a workaholic or are you good at taking time out and stuff? You know, for my mental health, it's best if I just keep working. It's my husband. Great. Hey. <laughs> um, but, you know, we've, I've been off work for a while now because of the strike and uh, I can't say I, I've hated it. You know, I've gotten some naps in. <laughs> like a few closets done some traveling which is something i haven't really been able to do in in 10 years so you know it's it's been good for that but i i do like having something to look forward to mm. and having you know a regimented schedule better for me but um yeah, I, I am a little bit of a workaholic, but that that's just because I like what I do. And I know mm. that it's, you know, this is an, a fickle industry and you just never know. You have to make hay while the sun shines. So, you know, mm. it's this this forced relaxation period has been a blessing, but I, I'm ready to go back. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering as well, when it comes to a project kind of finishing ending especially one that's been going on for quite a long time like the Goldbergs for example does there come like an element of you know you, you get that closure and then there's almost like a grieving period after that and it's like saying goodbye to a part of your life or a family for example oh it's been torturous to say goodbye to the Goldbergs it's been absolute it's I don't want to say like a death but it it's been really hard because, you know, again, 10 years of your life. Mm. And we were fortunate enough to be able to keep a lot of those crew members. Mm. So they're the they're family, too. And we've watched so many marriages, so many babies being born. You know, um, they've grieved with us when we lost George Siegel and you know, we, we've just had a lot of things happen. And so that has been excruciating. So I try to keep in touch mm -hmm. with everybody and at least just send out texts, you know, saying I'm thinking about you. But, you know, they sent me on like a farewell press tour. Oh, man. And I mean, I, I must have cried on every talk show, mm. every day talk show in the United States. Um, it, that was really hard to do mm -hmm. and uh it's it's hard because right now we would normally be working i would normally be, be shooting a christmas episode or a hanukkah episode right now but we did get to go to the wedding of my tv daughter a couple weeks ago so that was a nice reunion 
where we could just kick up our heels. We weren't in costume or anything. Mm. So that was really nice. But yeah, it, you do every project you you work on, even if it's only a week, like you bond with people. Mm. You well, spend a lot of time with them and then you're ripped apart and some sometimes you don't see somebody for years. Yeah. Keep that. Well, yeah, it's a really intense working environment, isn't it? Like working on a film set or a TV set. It's not a normal nine to five job in an office where you go home and you leave work at home and what have you. You know, it's like long days, yeah. intense, stress. Yeah, you do. I can imagine that you do form these really strong bonds. Um, and even just like watching, you know, you get like behind the scenes or the reunions of big TV shows, even right. just watching them. I get emotional because I'm like, God, I can't imagine. It's like having your family ripped away from you all of a sudden, like from going back to their parts of the world, wherever they they came from kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, you spend more time with them than you spend with your own family, you know? Cheery. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, that, I mean, goodness. I mean, the idea of going around um, having to sort of dig it all up every for a whole tour that's mm. quite cruel uh, i can understand why they, they needed you to market the show but, yeah um yeah that that feels like it must have been really trif- a difficult thing to do every night like going around yeah because i guess obviously you're at the same time you're super proud of it and like want to talk about yeah. how great this experience has been um but yeah i can imagine that must have been hard yeah, yeah very, very i don't think we talk enough about the grief that comes after the end of a project or a job or anything like you know you think of grief and you associate it with death or breakups and stuff like that but you know if you're especially if you're a creative or you're self-employed and you work in any kind of creative field you do become so attached to your projects don't you and the people in them and whether that be a film or a book or a piece of art or whatever it is and then when that comes to an end not only have you got the issue of not having the structure and the routine and the purpose i think purpose is a huge thing as well like if you're lacking purpose you're lacking so Mm -hmm. much in life and then the people too it's like we don't really talk about that as being a thing i don't think do we yeah no but you you end up you know speaking to like for instance i i was in winnipeg for three weeks this summer um before the strike filming something that was very near and dear to my heart. But, you know, it's one in the morning. Yeah. Everybody's tired and you you get slap happy, you know, you, where everything is like super funny, but nothing is funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just so tired that you can't stop giggling. And, you know, you're laughing till you cry with these people. And then the deep conversations start coming out because it's the middle of the night and they're setting up lights and it's taking forever and the pizza is cold and you're just like really getting into it with people and revealing your deepest darkest secrets and it's the greatest thing but then the project ends and you're just like oh bye yeah have a sweet flight <laughs> you know <laughs> and all you want to do is check in with them and yeah it's it's uh but and yet, there's no greater job in the world. I mean, that's yeah. one of the one of the reasons I love it so much is you you get to really get into it with all different kinds of people from all over the world, and yeah, I love it. 
Yeah, it's funny. I had I had never thought about it before. This idea of these sort of these temporary families that you make. I was talking to yep, the yep. Um, actor David Morris. He does a lot of in the UK. Does a lot of theatre work, and you know you, you get this intense period where you're like with a theatre family, and, and yeah, he I'm... said like you know, and then it, then you all say goodbye. You have a rap party or whatever, and then he said you might occasionally speak to someone, and he said then you're just on to your new family. And then you've got this yeah. brand new family that you're kind of having to connect with. And, and then it just goes on and on and on. And you're just perpetually making new families and losing the family and making them Yeah. New <laughs> and it just sounded yeah. really kind of heartbreaking. No, it's it's exactly. And theatre is exceptionally intense. Yeah. And I, I have to say also so much fun. Like just being yeah. in the dressing room with a bunch of crazy actors before the show and after the show, it's the greatest thing in the world. It's better than any party you will ever go to. Um, yeah, so to to have that ripped away, it's you know, no wonder we're so off of balance and moody and annoying all the time. We, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, it makes me wonder when you've got two people that are in the same industry in a relationship or a marriage, you got yeah. two actors or you know two musicians whatever it might be why so many of these relationships don't work out they don't pan out because it's kind of like two people in very intense working environments yeah. going through this roller coaster of emotions up and down up and down all the time yes yeah, it usually does end in divorce doesn't it i guess yeah and the the um the theater crushes are a real thing mm. oh really show crush Interesting, interesting. Someone always gets a crush on somebody and and then it becomes bothersome. Yeah, I, I don't know how actors marry other actors. I married a normal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a normal. <laughs> Everyone needs their normal. A in their normal life. person. Yeah, you, well, you've got your kite. You, you might... I always heard about you've got your kite and you've got the, the person which is the creative that just sort of floats around and you know that'll be us too and then you've got the person like shell who like holds you holds you to the ground and like keeps you grounded um and yeah it's important to have that person i think absolutely absolutely yeah, you're ballast i guess it would be is that a kite a kite rider no, kite, i don't know well, kite that's, that's more of a, a, a nautical uh that's a nautical reference, reference. <laughs> but i your point yeah. is me <laughs> Although, are they sort of saying that to your partner? Oh, you're, you're. Uh, thank you for being my ballast all this time. It's not quite as uh, flattering. Is it? It's, not <laughs> very, it's not very romantic. Yeah. Mutual ballast calling. Um, thank you for being my ballast all this time. Um, but no, it's true. Actually, I think I think you're probably right. Actually, that you know, it's very difficult if you're both doing something quite as intense as, like you say, being a being an actor. Um, yeah. or any creative industry for that matter yeah yeah I used to work in the film industry many many years ago as a like a body double stand-in so it's more kind of like a crew role really and oh my god the affairs that went on and it was crazy oh, dishing the dirt now Come yeah on. well <laughs> again because you know you don't see your family for mm. huge amounts of time but you are seeing this your on-set crush every single day or whatever and what are you it's um yeah it's crazy i just don't know how people bloody do it to be honest with you yeah um, but yeah but again like i vividly recall those moments of hysteria at like 
probably like 11 p.m. when you should have wrapped hours and hours ago and you're tired and starving and, and you're giggling and, you, and then you're getting told off for giggling because they're still shooting and then it makes it worse. Yes. And it's uh, so embarrassing to be the one that can't pull it together yeah. and that's yeah. you me. Like but once I giggle, <laughs> forget it, forget it. Just pack it in. We're not going to shoot anything. <laughs> I, have, I got in such trouble on a movie and and the director <laughs> oh shame on me the director came over and said are we gonna have to shoot something else <gasps> you're being very disruptive wow oh no that's like the um an adult set. woman <laughs> not in kindergarten i am an adult <laughs> woman and i cannot pull my shit together that sounds like the equivalent of being at school when they're like are you gonna have to go outside or are you, yeah. you know yeah. Are we going to have to stand on the red line? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do you corpse a lot when you're performing? Are you a corpser? Am I what? A corpser. Have you heard about corpsing? So you laugh on, and you laugh when you're doing a scene, for example. Oh, I've never heard of that either. I've never called, heard that. That's called corpsing in the UK. I Why is it called corpsing? I don't know. It's just called corpsing. Oh. So yes, when you Why like not? can't help yourself but laugh when you're doing a scene. So like outtakes. That's like that. yeah. that's when you when you corpse, you see. I don't know why it's called that. I need to look that up. But yeah. it's called that. Oh. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to know. Okay. Why oh, you that... why you why why you tell me, reveal if you are one or not, I will find out um, why it's called that. But yeah, I'm I'm usually the first one to break character. <laughs> I give good bloopers. I'll I'll tell you that. But it's it's a problem because, um, I mean, there are a couple of times when they've just had to shut the cameras down and then take me to makeup to reapply oh. my makeup because I've cried it off from laughing. <laughs> that just means you're the fun one. <laughs> so I, f I found out it says it's a okay. it's actually a theatrical slang. Okay. So, so it's it's you spoil a piece of acting by forgetting one's lines or laughing uncontrollably. And then as an example, Peter just can't stop himself corpsing when he's on stage. Wow. Um, so, yeah. Okay. I, mean, I don't know who Peter is, but he's obviously not very professional. Yes. And on stage, that is such a, it's so bad. It's, yeah. It screws your other actors. It screws the scene after yours. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not a good thing to do, but some people think it's, adorable uh. so they do all the time Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the not cute it. it's not cute <laughs> and the audience will laugh but it's almost like being tickled like yeah. you can tickle me and i'll laugh but i will not think it's funny mm. yeah it's just a reaction yeah it's like an uncomfortable thing right yes so anyone listening who thinks um, you should be giggling during your scenes, don't. Everyone hates you. Yeah, you're wasting everybody's time. That's and your right. Own. Yeah, it's your own time you're wasting. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh dear. Yeah, I remember once we were we were giggling about something completely irrelevant on set, and this guy came out, just walked over, and he was in an entire suit of armor. Uh, he couldn't bend his arms or legs i think we were laughing because he had a like a helmet on with a slit for his mouth and he was trying to drink from a really long straw because he couldn't bend his arm <laughs> <laughs> so he had a really long straw and he was trying to like 
get the straw in the hole. We didn't <laughs> we didn't take his off. We were laughing. I think he was an extra, so I didn't think he thought he was allowed or something. He was being so polite and so charming, it like wasn't laughing, and all of us were just cracking up. And then we were getting shushed and told off, and so they were trying to laugh quietly, and we were all like, <clears throat> and then he went to try and sit down. And just fell backwards onto this chair, and the whole chair collapsed. <laughs> we oh, just wow. all lost it. Can't even be mortified. Well, no, it's so funny. More we did. We did have to leave though. We had to walk. But yes, there. that is hilarious. Right? That is hilarious, and I'm I'm sorry for that for that guy, yeah. but I would not mean to. Yeah, yeah exactly. no. We're all sitting here thinking I'd be laughing at that. Like, that, is, that to is be honest, true. I think I'd be the person in the suit. I think you would be the person yeah. making everyone laugh about something. You're quite clumsy. <laughs> I'm quite clumsy. I'd be definitely trying to. The, I'd be trying to find the the most difficult way to consume a drink in in a, in a night's outfit. <laughs> um, oh so you, you you sort of touched on the fact that obviously the strikes have been on. And it's been very difficult for everyone. I mean, it, it has been. It feels like it's been a really tricky time for the, for the acting fraternity. Like, you know, I imagine you've probably got lots of friends as well that have been finding it really challenging yeah and it's um i'm worried most about our below the line crew members so yeah. people that aren't actors and writers who did not ask for this no. but who have to support because they have no choice i'm i'm very concerned for those people because it's just been going on for so damn long. Yeah. We've we've already we've just lived through a pandemic and everybody's kind of trying to, you know, make up their finances from that and now we have this and it's been total work stoppage um since April pretty much. And with the SAG strike continu- continuing to go on um you know, it it seems like no one's really going to get back to work in earnest until January. Um, So that's very concerning. You know, I I feel terrible because, you know, after a while you can't collect unemployment anymore. So what do you have to do? Well, you got to go out and find a temporary gig, you know, bartending or driving for Uber or something like that. And that's not feasible for a lot of people. So um, it's, you know, so forget forget the actors and how they're suffering. These people are yeah. destitute, and it's um, yeah, it's messed up. It's it's a necessary evil, but it's not. They did not ask for this, so no. it's. Uh, I have a lot of sympathy. Well, I wonder as well if you end up losing a lot of talented people who end up just having to find work and then stay doing that work. Yeah. You know, don't find a way yep. back in. Yeah, that's messed up because, you know, it takes, you know, there's so many unions uh, in in our industry. So not just for actors and writers, but for, you know, other creative types, like DPs and costumers and stuff like that. And, you know, it, you, you take it, it's, it's so hard to get into the union and then to, you know, not be able to work because you don't want to be a scab, but yeah. you got to do something else, and then you lose your hours. You know, it's it's a. Ugh, I'm rambling, but it's 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 infuriating, and you know, at, at some point, 
their contracts are going to come up. So I hope we all support them the way they've yeah. supported us. Mm. You know, because yeah. we can't do anything without them. Yeah. Mm. You know, yeah. we got nothing. So. Yeah, it's really tricky. I've got a few friends who are crew members at the moment that are sort of like starting to panic about their futures a little bit, I think. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Hard. It just makes you really, I think just being self-employed in general, I think people, anyone who's self-employed can probably relate to that, to yeah. that panic, especially, you know, as you say, over the pandemic, when yeah. all freelancers were kind of like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. And then you can't, uh, you know, once you make it in the freelancing life, like you don't want to go back to working for somebody else. Oh, I think, I I don't know if I'm employable anymore. Uh, (laughs) Honestly, working for anyone. (laughs) I've gone feral, (laughs) like a feral animal now. I'm like, oh, I have to wake up before 10. No, that's not going to work for me. Honestly, and you're probably you've been freelance for ages, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. The idea of going into a place of work, it feels very alien to me. Yeah, the idea of it, and I, you know, obviously, I'm very grateful that I get to do what I want to do and I can work remotely and everything. But Mm. yeah, there is always that fear though, because you never know when the you know creative projects are going to dry up, or Mm. you're not going to, God, you're not going to have another idea. No, don't think like that. <laughs> yeah. No. That do you know what? Creative ideas are always floating around. You just have to be open to receive. Yeah. But when you That's... finish a project, it does feel like that sometimes. Like you think Oh yeah. Well, yeah, when I write something, I'm like, Am I gonna write anything again? Am I gonna write anything as good? You know, yeah. Really tricky. I don't the, know if you get those things those moments. The I'm reason like... that you will is because you think that way. You at least question, like, wait, did I just peek? but no you did it Mm. you you know you're at least self-aware enough to ask Mm. but of course more i you know look if it happened once it'll happen twice clearly it's working out for you you know you're not a crazy person with (laughs) ideas that are not sellable clearly you know what you're doing so yeah you just have to trust that it will come but yeah being in free fall like that is is uh very nerve-wracking yeah i, you, I mean are you good when you've like obviously you've done very some very successful films and some big films and some successful tv shows but are you like thinking like this that could be the last gig um I sometimes think that way, but mostly I feel like I haven't gotten started yet. I feel like I might really hit my stride in my 60s or something. Mm-hmm. Like I'm still ramping up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because um, I just have made a deal with myself that I'll probably never retire. So I have to think of it as I'm still trying to, you know, climb up the mountain. You're still growing as a as an artist. Yeah. Well, I think you're doing pretty well. I mean, your version of going up the mountain is many, many people's idea of like getting to the to the top. You know, do you know what I mean? Like, right. so many people aspire to be where you're at as their peak. So I think it's great that you've got those ambitions. But yeah, I think you're doing pretty pretty well. Well, well I just. I love telling stories. 
Yeah. Like that's, that's really what drives me. Like, I don't need to be front and center on anything. I, I just like the story to get out there. And I've had people say that to me too. Like, oh man, if I ever got on a series, I would just stop trying. <laughs> you know, I would forget it. No more auditions. I just, you know, mm. sit and count my money. And it's like, well, Friday, um, you just, you just screwed yourself by saying that. Like, you, you, you absolutely can't slow down and you can't look at that money and think that it's all going into your bank account. Mm-hmm. Mm. You cut it in half and that's what you get to keep, first of all, you know. And then you always have to sow seeds if you think you're going to, again, we're freelancers, you yeah. have to sow seeds. So once you jump onto one lily pad, you have to be looking to the next one, mm. kind of, you know. Wise. Yeah, it's interesting you say about storytelling because I was going to ask you about that. Like, is that is that probably the thing that keeps driving you on? Is that idea of telling new stories? Yeah, 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 yeah. And now that I'm getting to um, produce a little bit more, mm-hmm. I'm always looking for like, what's a story that a I could tell well, and b that people would enjoy hearing. You know, that's um, maybe it's true and it's human and it's gritty and real and maybe a little uncomfortable, but ultimately informative and entertaining. That's kind of a tall order, but that's okay. Like, we don't need to tell every single story. We just need to tell the right ones. Yeah. You know, so um, that kind of, that really lights me up is like, that's why I like watching a lot of foreign television. Mm-hmm. Here in the States, I feel like we keep telling the same things over and over. <laughs> um, but I love watching watching uh, shows and movies from all over the world because they just... People have a different perspective than the, the United States... Um, bullshit that we just keep watching over and over what have you been watching recently? <laughs> what's, what's that yeah what, what have you seen recently that's really kind of you thought wow i wish i i wish i'd been involved in that i made that oh god squid game oh, oh yeah. yeah i love that show <laughs> mind-blowing yeah mm. mind-blowing yeah so horrible and you can't look away yeah, I know. <laughs> but it's it's such a, a great um, story about human nature and how you think, oh, well, once I get that big thing of money, mm. all my problems are solved, but it solves nothing. Yeah. Mm. And oh, Peaky yeah. Blinders. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a, That's been a, such a big show here in the UK. Yeah, I reckon there were probably a lot of Peaky Blinders people dressed up as ha- for Halloween as well. You it's think so? Oh, my God. Mm. <laughs> loved, loved, loved that series. Heard they were doing a movie. I hope that's true. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. But Ooh. so many great actors in it. I mean, Killian Murphy, yeah. obviously. But um, just, yeah, what a cast. Fantastic. Yeah. Magnificent. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. What are you guys watching that's good? Well, I was going to say, have you watched that film called The Platform? No. Oh, it's, have you seen that? No. I think it's called The Platform. Isn't it like people have a big, tall platform? 
yeah, like a big tower, but it's a prison. And each layer, each level has, um, basically they start at the top and they get a, a table full of food. And then the table goes down each level. So at the bottom of the level, there's like no food left and you're basically just starving. And it is really, it's quite a interesting in terms of like societally, what, you know, how we're basically running in society nowadays as well. Um, but it's absolutely gruesome and disgusting and disturbing. So maybe don't watch if you've got a weak stomach, <laughs> but really, really interesting film actually. Um, so wow. I'm going to double check. It's called The Platform actually. Oh, that sounds good. It was on Netflix for us uh, not too long ago. So, I mean, you guys are way ahead of us on the old Netflix. Uh, what about you? What are you watching? I've just started a show called Bodies. Uh, I which is good. It's on Netflix. It's, it's based on a DC comic, but it's uh, it's got Stephen Graham in it, who's fantastic. Um, and it's... Um, it's kind of a murder mystery. A body is discovered, but it's the same body is discovered in four different times. So oh. 1890, 1941, 2023, and then in 2053 in the future. And yeah, they four detectives found, find this same body in the same location in London, basically. Oh, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's, I mean, it's obviously very genre, but it's it's. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a sort of sci-fi mystery, kind of noir. It's good, though. Ooh, love. Cool. Yeah. Okay, well, now I've got two things. i got homework. Yeah, yeah. Got homework. The platform. It is called The Platform. Um, okay. okay. A prison where inmates are fed on a descending platform. Those on the upper levels take more than their fair share, while those below are left to starve on scraps. Okay, it's not, it's not like human centipede, is it? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Do you think I would recommend that? To well, I Wendy? don't know. I don't know. I mean, it would be. Have you it, seen the Human Centipede? It, it would be quite. A, it would be quite a, a left field choice to recommend on a on a first meeting of. Yeah, I know. <laughs> really t t testing, yeah, testing yeah. the boundaries. Well, wonder, she's asked me to describe something I'd like to, her to watch. Hmm. Human Centipede. Have you heard of it? <laughs> How never I'm to do another off. episode again. <laughs> No, the platform, it was great. Um, what else is there? I'll have a little think about yeah, other stuff. I'll send, tell you, you, I'll send you some but recommendations. Yeah. But yeah, the, there's, yeah, I mean, do you know what? We're so lucky, aren't we, these days? with so much content. There's so much stuff to watch. Um, yes. You know, it's, I feel like it's a golden age for content. I mean, mm. too much. There may be too much content. I know. We're just overly entertained. We barely yeah. get off our couches anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Right? It, but it has, you know, all these streaming services for, you know, as much as they screw the creatives, um, they have brought the world. It, it's made the world a lot smaller so you yeah. can see stuff from other countries and it's fantastic. You know, mm. things are not as as closed off as they used to be. And that's a good thing. Yeah. And I'd argue like as well, you know, um, for all their downsides, they are sometimes producing amazing well i mean we've just seen the recent martin scorsese film um which apple yeah. have made you know and it it is you know to spend 200 million pounds or something what it was on a scorsese film like you know i guess you've got to be kind of thankful that you're getting three and a half hours of of martin scorsese so you know it's that, three and a half hours it's a long film well, that's asking a lot of your audience. I'm sorry. Yeah. Right. Don't, don't sit. What, what I would what I would say is, 
what I would say is don't watch it in the cinema. Watch it at home on Apple TV. Okay. And then you can spread it up a bit. I mean, yeah. I have... It's hard to go to the movies now knowing that we can pause... Exactly. You know, move things from the dryer to the, you know, clothes. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I don't yeah. know how to... I can't sit in a movie theater and not pause it. Yeah. Bathroom or get my snack. I'm terrible for it. We went to see uh, Babylon in the cinema, in the movie theater, sorry. And um, yeah, and that's, I don't know how long that ends exactly. Maybe like three it's hours. It's over three hours. Over three hours. I don't know. Have you seen it, Wendy? No. It's a great film, but it was, it was so long that I was excited for it to end. And that's not what you want your audience to feel like when you make no. a film. No. <laughs> I was like thinking, like, oh, I can't wait to get out and get in the car and go to oh. bed. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's that's not what you want to be feeling. But that's again, fun. I wonder though if if the fact that we have so much content nowadays has has kind of ruined the experience of going to the cinema. Like it used to be, it used to be an event. Film used to be yeah. an event, right? It was you know you'd go out to the we used to call it the pictures, and, yeah, and then you'd you'd make a day of it and you'd see the film. And now it's kind of like you literally just watch stuff every single day, every single right. night, and kind of in some ways i wonder if it takes the art form out of it slightly it's so accessible and just so consumable yeah i think you're right about that and i i remember yeah i remember going to the movies it was a big deal mm. and you you weren't even guaranteed you were going to get into the mm. the showing that you wanted because everybody was there so Steve Martin said one time yeah. that oh, the more uncomfortable your audience is, the better audience they will be for whatever it is. Sure. You know, because they're, they're going to focus mm -hmm. on you because they're not comfortable in their seats. Well, now you've got reclining seats at the movies. You've yeah. got, you know, here, here's a glass of wine. No. No, you should be uncomfortable. You should be sitting in a straight up in an uncomfortable seat watching the movie. Yeah. That's appropriately only 90 minutes long. Nine, exactly, 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bring back the 90-minute movie, that's what I say as well. It's To me, as a someone that's not a filmmaker or an actor or something, it comes across as kind of like a bit arrogant. Self-indulgent. <laughs> yeah, a bit self-indulgent, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, I'll be, I'm sure people will hate me for saying that, but it's just my... No, there's something to be said for a, a good, solid 90-minute movie. There's definitely something yeah, to be said that. Yeah, just as for... make it white. Let's go home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the spirit. <laughs> Is make that what you say? Popcorn, get the hell out. Let's yeah. get some more people in here. <laughs> Is that what you say when you start a new film <laughs> when you're working on yeah. something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Make your point and let's let's go home. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get on with it and get back on the plane yeah but as for the um movie theaters that serve you food this is a an american thing as well i'm sure there's a couple of cinemas in the uk that do the same thing but when i went to america and experienced that for the first time it was such a novelty and i was sat there like a like a king i was like oh they're bringing yeah. my food oh my god wow it's amazing yeah there's a table you get table and they bring you alcohol and everything it's really cool yeah i've not experienced that <laughs> I mean, I'm lucky if I get some popcorn. Or... Yeah, my, I, I go with my friend Dave to the cinema quite a lot, and he always brings a flask of coffee with him because he mm -hmm. he he won't pay for like coffee at the cinema. So he's very well, he's so he's so thrifty. He brings his uh -huh. own flask of coffee. 
Um, <laughs> it's always interesting to know what milk he uses. Sometimes it will be oats, sometimes coconut. Rice milk he bought last time he well, went. Uh, he, wow. offers, he always offers me a cup, but I, I can never bring myself to, to drink it out of a flask. Your cinema trips sound wild. Yeah, I know. Crazy. Gosh, you two wildcats in your flask. <laughs> goodness. And you get all hyped up and... But to be honest, you, you need coffee if it's a three and a half movie. Three and a half hour yeah. movie, so. <laughs> Yes, you oh, do. God. Yeah. Do Wendy, uh, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. I know we've been rambling for the last 10 minutes, but I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was great speaking yeah. to you guys today. Yeah, thank you. Oh, it's no, so really good. Appreciate it's so it. good. Such um, a pleasure. Yeah, and lots of insight and stuff. So thank you. Well, happy post Halloween. Yes. Happy November to you. You. When's when's Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is um the last Thursday of of November. Okay. So it's the next thing for you. Then, yeah, the, next thing we're doing. We've got yeah. bonfire night in a couple of days, haven't we? Two days. Bonfire oh. night, yeah, it's a very British thing. Yeah. Do you know about bonfire night? No, what's this? Okay, so in fifteen something or other, I don't know the inter- the precise date, there was a guy called Guy Fawkes. And he, oh, he, yes. Yeah, he and a band of um, gentlemen tried to destroy the Houses of Parliament with gunpowder and oh. uh, to blow it up and kill the king. It was all a religious thing. Like, they were they were Catholics and it was... Yeah. Anyway, so we... Because they got caught, they got caught, they didn't get, they got away, they didn't get away with it, basically. We, um, we celebrate each year by um, burning effigies of them. Um... And then have like a big bonfire and fireworks and stuff. It's a, it's very jolly. Um, I think they were hung, drawn, and quartered these these guys. Um, you know, but yeah. So as a tradition, we like to sort of yeah, um, and burn them, burn them at the stake, basically. Um, so, Look yeah. at that. Yeah, it's quite a British thing. Yeah, and um, a, a good old effigy burning. Yeah, yeah, and fireworks. That sounds really fun. And then. And then you have a feast of some sort, I would imagine. <laughs> like a banquet. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Normally sausages and baked beans, um, which doesn't sound no. particularly appetizing. But yeah. That works. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a very no. strange tradition. It's very popular, actually, where we live in the southeast. Um, there's a town called mm. Lewis, and they have a big, like 60,000 people go there, and they have people marching through the streets with tor- like to- fire torches and they wear costumes. Oh my gosh. It's a yeah. If you're ever in the UK in November, mm. you should oh, check it out. Yeah, definitely. I'm getting. I'm gonna participate in this. Yeah, bring your <laughs> own effigy. Yeah, right. bring your own effigy. Oh, from <laughs> Burlington. On... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no e. <laughs> effigy. Um, are, Wendy, are fireworks illegal in the US? Um, it depends on where you live. So where I live, they are illegal, but that doesn't mean we don't see them. Mm. Oh. Doesn't mean, you know, sneaky buyers don't get started all the time around here. Mm. Interesting. But, yeah. That's weird, isn't it? But yeah. actually, yeah. they're illegal. And guns are fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, guns. Well, don't, seriously, do not get me started. <laughs> oh, good. Enough. Good. You're on, you're on our side on that one then. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, bizarre. Bizarre as an outsider to look in on that nonsense. It was so great to meet you. You're a great you're to a, meet you. You're a joy. You are. Thank you. No, you are. But you're also that's so it. wise. And, and honestly, I felt like having a little therapy session just then chatting to you. Oh, that's awesome. 
such I love good that. insights. All right. Well, you guys have a good rest of the Thank day. Thank you, and you. Yeah, you, you. you take care. Oh, and no. um, we'll catch up again soon, I'm sure. Talk soon. All yeah. the best to Butters. Yes. <laughs> Send he Butters I love. <laughs> okay. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Wendy. See you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Unquestionable. We'd love to hear from you on social media by searching for Unquestionable Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.